Welcome to the Wild Goose Chase podcast. I'm John, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Allison. Welcome to the conversation where we talk all about the adventures of life and leadership. We don't always know what we're doing or where we're going. We're just trying to enjoy the adventure. Well, welcome, everybody. How are we doing today? John here, joined by Allison. How are you doing? What's up? <laughs> it has been a while since our last podcast. It has but, been. Uh, we're back and ready to go. It's 2021. We're actually recording this on February the 2nd. I don't know when you'll listen to it, but February 2nd is an awesome day. It, it is. is Groundhog Day. And he saw a shadow. He, I did not hear that. He so. saw it, So suppose, but it was a virtual. Like, how do you see a shadow virtually? But, mm. you know, what are you going to do? Okay, socially distant shadow event. Or I like think a, yeah, I think that means winter's over. I think that's what it means. But Georgia, six. Georgia chooses its own Got adventure. It. We ignore all that anyway. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. February second, my mom's birthday. Shout Ooh. out to mom. Hey Jan. And it's uh, the one year anniversary of the Chiefs Super Bowl victory. Heading into maybe so a second. We hope we're running it back for a second time. Mm. Well, there you go. Today. We are... It's a special day. That's right. Today, we are joined by my wife, Chris. Chris, how you doing? Doing good. Welcome. Thanks for being our guest today. We're going to talk all about what it's like to be the pastor's wife. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to be amazing. I do not know what the answers might be. but uh, I'm excited to find out yeah, what they are. it's going to be exciting. Kind of, I, I, I mean, it's your first time to really like have a... Have a venue where you get to express what it's really like. And I have the ability to mute John's microphone. So <laughs> at any point, we can exit uh-huh. him out and have a chat. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So so we, you know, we have called this the wild goose chase, and that's because that's really what it feels like a lot of the time. Just not only life, ministry, like we're just kind of on this endless pursuit of something we can't quite grasp. And sometimes you don't really know what's happening, and... I don't want to summarize for you, but I would take a wild guess that you had no idea that you would be sitting here today. And that's one of the questions that we usually lead with was, how'd you get here? Yeah. So you want to take a general stab? Like, how did you end up getting here today? Wow. So I guess it's been kind of a 30-year journey (laughs) um, for the two of us. And you've covered a little bit of just how we got specifically here. Um. But I guess it even started a little bit before that, before I met you, um, just on my journey to God. And uh, I was very, very fortunate just to have a family and family history of God followers. And um, so I'm thankful for that. And I just, uh, I think God knew that uh, I needed you in my life. (laughs) You needed some. You needed some fun. I needed some fun <laughs> and uh, put us together. And yeah, we've we've had our own uh, journey. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there was a time when uh, one of your family members tried to talk you out of marrying me. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know this story. <laughs> Please proceed. <laughs> yes. After we had dated and um, things were getting a little serious, my older brother actually tried to talk 
talk us out. I don't know that we had, were engaged yet, but um, he knew we were headed that way. And it wasn't so much uh, personally against you as it was um, ministry. He did not necessarily want me marrying a pastor. And um, it was it was due to just uh, the life. He knew it was not going to be an easy thing. And um, for his little sister, he wanted wanted something that was going to be um, just an easier life. So, um, of Boy, course, was he wrong? It's been easy. <laughs> it's been a breeze. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he. Uh, he uh, I'm quite confident that um, he would say that he's happy that we didn't listen I was to say, him. Has he changed his mind? He has. He has. Yes. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, can you go back to that point? Like, did you did you have an idea of what you thought it might be like? what you hoped it would be like? I had a little bit of an idea just because um, my mom was married to a pastor. So, um, so yeah, I had grown up with the life. I knew a little bit of what it had to do with, and it was um, conversations that you and I had even when we dated. So um, we had talked about uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess, um, of what we wanted it to be like and what we didn't want it to be like. Um, had deserved pastors' families and— um, you know, there were some things that um, we wanted to have happen, but there were some things that we specifically talked about that we didn't want to have happen, that we had observed from other pastors' families, just that um, a lot of pastors sacrificed their families and their kids, and it was almost seem, seeming to be a holy calling of, you know, I'm going to—I'm spending all of my time um, on the church and— you know, they didn't spend it with their family and their marriage. And that was something that you and I specifically talked about, even when we were just dating, that to us, that wasn't what um, what we thought God called pastors to. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, we talked about it on the podcast before, how hard ministry is for women in general. It's just a different, it's a bit of a man's world, and it's hard to be a female and be in leadership. And But I think it takes it to a whole nother level when you're the pastor's wife, when it comes, as far as it comes to expectations of, who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to say. And I, nobody's paying me to say this, but I think you handle it really well around here for sure. I think, I think that is probably the toughest job in the church is to be the, the one that has to listen to him when he comes home and still come to church on Sunday mornings. And, you know, I think, I don't know. I think pastor's wife is a really tough job. I hardly ever take any issues home. <laughs> I can't imagine that that's true. <laughs> Well, I think I, I think I had a good example. Um, just in my mom, um, she really she really cares about people, and she sees the good in people. And um, you know, even when um, everybody has issues, we we all have stuff. We all have uh, ways that we're not perfect. But she's really good at being able to see the good in people and being able to see the potential. So I had a I had a good example in that. Um, just as well as. Um, you know, even before I met John, um, I was very ministry-minded. God had um, kind of shown me that um, just the call on my life was to care about people, and that's really what it is about. It's not so much the messes and the the stuff and the things that can get you down, but it's about caring about the people and being able to look past those things. Sure. You were kind of talking about just like some of those conversations we had had, you know, on the front end on how we maybe wanted to do it a little bit differently or— you know, just kind of some of the things we wanted to put in place so we didn't just completely, like, devote everything to just the church at the expense of relationship and, and family. And so I don't know if you have, like, a couple of things that come to mind that we actually did on purpose. Sometimes, you know, over our lifetime, we got lucky 
in a few ways, and then sometimes there's things we did on purpose. Um, so I don't know if there's anything as far as like raising kids that comes to mind. or Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one of the things, especially when our kids were young, um, and part of that time you were doing youth ministry, but one of the things that was a really big deal is um, you would come home a little bit earlier in the afternoons. And partially that was for me, um, but partially also, you know, the kids would go to bed early. And so um, being able to have that time with them from dinner and, you know, and bath time and, uh, you know, if they went to bed at seven or so, you know, to go to school instead of working late or always being with youth and and everything, because you could also, um, you know, do some work in the evening, but just kind of adjusting as our life adjusted um, and being able to have some of that flexibility, um, adjusting your day off during the week, or um, just being able to have some flexibility at different times. Um, and also just having, um, you know, the flexibility and be able to communicate um, with the church and church staff and and be able to say, you know, I can't do everything um, and be open to communicating about that um, so that we weren't put in situations and we weren't at churches where the expectation was that, um, you know, you work 80 hours a week, but the, the family was upheld as a priority. Yeah, I I don't know if, if you just want to speak to the raising the kids part in the church, you know, like um, you might have a different perspective than I do just on what the general expectation was of them from other people. Um, I've invited them to come on here before and just talk about what it's like to grow up, you know, PK. And that might be an interesting conversation, you know, in the future. But uh, I don't know if anything you had as far as, did you ever feel like church in general looked at our family and expected more or, um, yeah, I don't know, just about raising our kids as far as, um, do you ever feel like there was kind of like a different, like people had an eye on them and they felt that pressure or? I don't know. I, I think sometimes um, people have asked me that as well, you know, were our kids or do I feel like up on a pedestal? And I never really looked at it that way. I guess I just, I felt like I, I don't have the time or the energy um, to be on a pedestal. Um, and I'm I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to be following God as best that I can and I'm going to mess up and I'm going to make mistakes. And people are going to have to accept that. <laughs> so um, I, I don't expect my kids to be on a pedestal either. Um, and that was really, we just really tried to be authentic and real to the people that we were around. And um, we were raising and training our kids to um, follow us as we followed Christ as well. And so um, I think that that's just what we we tried to let our ministry and our family and how we were raising our kids and how we were in our marriage to be part of our testimony and part of our ministry. So I don't think that we put that pressure on our kids, and I don't think that they that they felt that um, it was it was more of um, the expectation of just what we had for them in their behavior and the rules of our household, not put on them specifically because they were the pastor's kids. How did you handle like? Because my I mean my daughter's seven and. I should, it's just the two of us, you know, there's nobody. So when I'm at church, she's at church. And I think that's that's what's weigh, weighs on my mind as a leader in our church of how do I keep my kid from hating being here 
or being over it by the time she's in middle school because we're here all the time. She's here multiple services on Sunday morning and we come early and we're, you know, the last to leave and, and then meetings during the week. And how do you, how do you handle, how did you handle that part? I think it, that they really stem off of your attitude for it. You know, if you see this as, you know, you love your job and you love your ministry and you love the people. And John would lots of times take the girls for donuts before church. And, you know, you make it fun and you make it an adventure. And you, and this is a calling and this is God and these are people that you love. That's what your kids hang on to. Right. That's what they learn. And that's what their memories are. And so it doesn't become a, oh, I had to be there and I had to be the last one that left and all that. But they may say that every once in a while. Sure. But the whole of their memory and the whole of what they're learning is really what your attitude yeah. is in a whole. She definitely like enjoys being here. And I think it helps that sometimes during the week she gets to do fun stuff in the building that mm-hmm. probably most kids don't get to do. And like right, scooter with John. Yeah. Right. <laughs> John and Cassidy have a scooter race about weekly. And... I definitely think that helps and and trying to show her like there's parts of this job that are my job, Mm -hmm. but then there's parts that we do because we love our church and we would do whether I worked here or not. And uh, this really is a lifestyle that we're trying to, to live and it's it's hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But just remembering that it's not one incident or one day when they might be upset. It's really, it's the whole of their life. And I just, I feel so fortunate that, um, you know, for our kids that they, have chosen to follow God. And um, not that we did everything right by any means, but I think just what we tried to model for them was, you know, it's not it's not a, a labor. It's not um, a, a duty or something we have to do, but it's a joy right. and it's a privilege. And um, these are people who we, you know, love. And that, that, that just goes down into them. Right. And I don't want to, ex- like, I don't want to ever excuse her from being here either because we have to be here. I don't want to go too far the other way and go, ah, you don't have to come because we're always here, you know? So it's such a fine line of, I have some people sometimes who are awful, uh, will offer to take her like second service and take Mm -hmm. her to eat and stuff. And I'm like, this is our life. I mean, I am a pastor. I am a, that's what I do for a living. We will always be at church. And so she's going to have to get used to that. So Mm -hmm. no, she needs to stay for two services and she's going to, Go back there and know all the answers or something. Uh-huh. So right, right. Try to balance that. Well, I know um, there there were those years where we were doing three services, mm. and there was a point where you came in and kind of laid down the law a bit, at least with me, to say, look, we cannot make them be here all day. Right. And their teachers had reached a point where they're not letting them answer questions anymore. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> no, no, more, no more candy for you. So you would take them home at times, right. you know. And there were times when. And let's talk about this. There, I think there are sacrifices that you've made over the years that most people don't think about. And so there were times when, you know, we would want to do like a Wednesday night service or programming for the whole church, but it wouldn't start till seven, you know, and we got young kids and it's like, well, that tension between, oh, no, no, you need to be there because I'm going to be there versus, you know, and you're this, the pastor's this kid's wife. had a bad day and needs to go to bed. So there were sacrifices at the time we made, and that's a really small one, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you can just talk about some of them that it's, it's, it's odd because, you know, almost 30 years into it now, it's easy to forget that those things were sacrifices. Right. There were times, um, there were times we had an entire system 
um, because we were doing youth ministry on Sunday nights, and our ki- our kids had to get to bed. Like their school started early, and they just it messed up their whole week if we had them out for you know even to take them to somebody else's house to watch. And there were I don't I don't know how many people there were, but an, at least six individuals or couples who did a rotation came to our house for three hours and fed and played with and put our kids to bed so that I could be involved in ministry right. with teenagers and for a couple of years and you know the sacrifice that they made. And then there were points as well though where one or more of our kids, you know, they they were going through something and I had to step down because that's what was best for them at that time. And there were times we had to make different accommodations because that's what you do when it's your family. Right. And, you know, God lets you know when those when you need to make an adjustment. Yeah. And even when it's your job or it's your ministry or whatever it is, that that's what you do when it's your family. Um, so, you know, ministry doesn't always look the same. And it's it's about um, communicating, and it's about knowing that, um, especially when your kids are in your home for such a short amount of time, that you don't sacrifice that. Right. You know, you're going to have your ministry for your whole life, and so it can change what it looks like throughout the years. Your ministry can change, and and God's going to honor that. Um, so, you know, you you make changes if that's a a sacrifice um, for yourself or whatever. Um, but yeah, there. When we did go to three services, and it was like literally they would have had to been the, be there like six hours. I think what it was for a time was I was singing on the worship team, and sometimes John would preach, and so we never did it on the same Sunday. Mm. Um, so that way the kids wouldn't have to be there more than two services, so we could alternate, and that was fine. Right. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and it might seem like, oh, I'm I'm so put out now, or I don't get to serve where I want to right now. But you know, it, it didn't what are you matter. Do? It yeah. didn't matter. So much is perspective. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's a temporary, hopefully, temporary Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think some of the sacrifices, though, are are things that maybe even like our military people could understand. Where I'm committed to pursuing this you know, career or this dream or this thing that I really feel like I'm supposed to do. And it requires that they move periodically. And so we did that pretty early on. The kids were six, three and 18 months. And we went completely across the country. And as I tell people, I mean, sorry to my family that's listening. That was part of the appeal for me. (laughs) Let's go, let's get established, you know, somewhere else. But you did, you left your mom and dad behind and when I think of sacrifices, I really think of Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say holidays. Yeah. Holidays in general, Mother's Day. Well, specific to that one. Like. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a Scrooge about Christmas Eve services, and I love them when I'm there, but that was <laughs> always growing up. Like, that. that's family time for me. Mm. And so it, it is. It's hard for me, you know, to—I to, want to I wanna be at home, and I just want it, to— It's easier now that the kids are older because, you know, doing— presence at 10 o'clock, you know, is not a big deal. But when they were little, like, um, yeah, it's hard. You know, you do a bunch of services and then they're tired and they're cranky. And that was always family time for me. And I did not grow up with Christmas Eve services. So there are definitely, there there are times that, yeah, church, church kind of gets in the way or, um, you know, 
uh, one of our daughter's birthdays like is right around Easter. And so we are so busy around that time. And she always feels like, you know, she does not get the attention around her, her birthday. birthday. Is second to Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and so it is, it's, it, it's hard to, you know, make sure that um, your kids don't feel like they are, you know, playing second fiddle to whatever scheduling things that you have. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, they need to know that you will drop everything for them um, and that, uh, that that God, that the church isn't the same as God. You know, sure. giving attention to God is one thing, but, you know, they really are the most important in your life. And you really will, especially during that time in their life that they're at home, you know, you, you will drop everything if they need you. And they need to know that 100%. Um, and I, I feel like we were able to um, to provide that for our kids. You know, right. even though you're committed to helping a lot of people and being there for a lot of people in the church. Sure. Um, you know, your, Are there some seasons where you had to, to pull that. back? Absolutely. More than others? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, several different seasons. And... Um, Probably sometimes when people in the church didn't understand that because sure. they're not always privy to those details of what's going on. They don't always need to be privy. Exactly. Right. But they just notice you disappear kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but that's okay. You know, they don't, they don't need to know that. Right. Um, but yeah, there were some times that I did. And sometimes that, you know, I was only there for one service. Um, and you, you know, are I, a bit of an introvert. Like some people yeah. who are listening may not know you. You are a bit of an introvert. But I do love about you that you have never not said that about yourself. You're comfortable in your own skin, but you don't. You also don't let it be an excuse not to engage. And I've I've seen you engage. Like some of the weekends where we'll have like heavy, we have a bunch of meetings or a bunch of like things where we all have to be together. And you'll go, I just need to go home and take a nap <laughs> because you know yourself enough to know that was enough people, and I had to do it because this is who we are and what we do. Right. But I know that I've had enough, and then you back out, and and I love that because you don't you don't use it as an excuse not to engage, and it would be easy to. Yeah, yeah. On Sunday mornings, like I can only be awake for two or three hours, but with all of the people, like right. I, it's, I almost always get a Sunday afternoon nap because it is. I'm I'm very introverted, and I I have worked really hard because I don't want to come off as a snob or a person who doesn't care. Um, but it, it is, it's really hard for me. Crowds are hard for me, meeting a lot of new people. Um, I'm, I'm not very good with names. I, I really want to remember everyone and, and I care, but it is, um, it, it's hard for me to be around a lot of people. Right. Um, every time John says something about me in a sermon and everyone looks over, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, don't look at me. <laughs> you got to change your seat. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is. It's it's exhausting. Right. Um, but it it. I do. I do want to be there as as many weeks as I can. I try to be here, you know, over that middle time between the first and second service because I do want to see people and I I do want to be a presence. Um, but uh, and I can do that more now, which which I'm glad for. I don't sure. have 
the kids to um, to stay around for. But you know, there's been some times even since we've moved here though that either for our daughter's wedding or you know for my parents, I've I've visited twice since we've moved here for extended right. periods, and people will say, "Oh, we haven't seen you for a long time," and um, you know, and I hate that, but um, but I do have you know um, commitments and and um, you know need to be with my kids or need to be with my parents, you know, for for different purposes. And um, so I just, I, I try to communicate that right. um, because I, I don't want to be an absent person here. I do want to be someone who's present and involved. Um, so, so I try to do that as much as I can. Definitely. Well, I want to circle back to something you, uh, from a second ago. Do you like that? I use circle, circle back. back. Yeah. I see what you did there. And uh, talk uh, to your people. Back to Christmas Eve where there are, let's get to the more fun stuff where uh, maybe some instances where, you know, for me in my role where I made a decision for the church that you didn't necessarily like. <laughs> Can or, I go next? Or, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or agree with. Like, do you have some of those things that come to mind? I mean, we have limited time. but <laughs> <laughs> Just give us the juiciest ones. <laughs> oh, boy. Or maybe some decisions I made for the church that caused the most stress in our marriage or family. Yeah, well, um, definitely one of the most stressful times. Um, and I didn't necessarily disagree because we made the decision together, but stressful time was when we um, did the church plant. Um, that was really super stressful. And there were definitely some decisions in that time that were really hard too. And um, there were a lot of decisions and there were some staffing decisions that were rough. Um, so I'll just, I won't go into a lot of detail there, but yeah, that was a really rough rough time. <laughs> if, if you're listening and you're thinking about planting a church, do anything else. And if you still go, I just can't shake this feeling, then it might be God, but do anything else you possibly can and save yourself from all this trouble. Yes. So, so we, we, I mean, just find a good church and make it better. There you go. We, we never would have done that, you know, if we didn't really think it was what God had for us to do. And I still firmly believe that he did. And I think a lot of, of good came out of it for us and other people. And I would do it again, but, um, but it was rough. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not doing it Don't again. Do it again. No. <laughs> no, I didn't mean I wanted to do it again. I'd be willing. <laughs> I just meant I would go back and, yeah. and make that same decision because it was the right decision at the time, but it doesn't mean it was yeah. easy. It was really it, hard. It's interesting. I can think of one spe very specific thing, and I'm sure there are so many that we've just, in some ways, you know, love covers a multitude of bad church decisions or just regular church decisions. Or just that decisions. We've forgotten about, you know. <laughs> But I, I remember in that church plant where, you know, it was 2008, we were hitting a financial crisis, and I, as the lead pastor, had to make some financial decisions that affected us. And I chose to change, you know, health insurance, and it ended up costing us, but it was one of those things where, no, 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 we need to take care of the church. And so it would be interesting when we write the memoirs at the end of all this, and we look back and go, what do you want included and not included? There'll be a whole chapter on like the things that cause tension among us where, you know, you're, you're looking at the larger picture of the church, and sometimes your family is the one that has to not suffer, and it's not intentional. It's just that's the way it goes sometimes. Right. Yeah. See, I don't even remember that. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's, been, there's been so many other things, right? Yeah. I mean, I have a question for both of you since you're both sitting here. 
Has there ever been a season where, because I'm not married and I always get worried of like, the person you're married to knows you the best. Like they see the best and the worst of you and you still have to get up and talk about Jesus knowing Chris is looking at you going, you well, acted like an idiot yesterday. It's funny, it's funny because this past Sunday you got up and you did that prayer time and mm-hmm. you talked about, hey, you may have come in today and you had a fight on the way here. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, no, 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 we drive separate cars. That never happens. <laughs> right. like, there's no fight on the way. But like, how do you manage that tension of, has there ever been a season maybe in your, where your marriage was tough, but you still had to lead <sighs> or sure. where you're looking at John going, Hmm. <laughs> Practice what you preach, sir. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty good, but I, I, I give you free reign. I feel fine with who I am. You can say what you want. Yeah, it's. I mean, there definitely have been times. Um, I always like it when he preaches on marriage because he becomes a really good husband for a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I, we've actually talked about it in the last couple of years. We don't fight a lot anymore. Like we really. Um, well, I think we had not to mean that we don't disagree, but I think we had a rough stretch during the church plant, and because we because we made the commitment in our marriage that we're going to figure this out, hmm. that it forced us to kind of come to terms with some things, and it gave us the security to figure out who we were. It gave us the safety to know that we could do that together, and to come out on the other side. And go, okay, we we know how to get through this stuff now. Mm. And so that those times of conflict are much shorter now. The mm-hmm. resolution comes much quicker. Sure. It's like I don't need to be in a stalemate for a week. Yeah. Come back in an hour and let's just say, okay, that's what here's what this was really about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't mean that we are always agree on things. Mm. But we, yeah, we really don't get upset for any length of time. Yeah, because I do. I think that's the tough part about church leadership is even when you're not doing well, we still have to come in on Sunday and talk about hope and grace and mercy. And even when you're internally struggling with something or through something, we don't get to just, hey, I'm going to take two weeks off from church and figure this thing out and then I'll come back. And a lot of times we see people, I mean, around here that we can tell they're going through something because they disappear. And and we can't do that. You guys well, can't do that. It's not my day. It's Chris's day. But just to that point, um, you know, we, we went through a stretch with one of our kids. And I would, I would still, you know, sit around with people who want to come in and talk about something. And they would tell me their problem. And I would be sitting there the whole time thinking about our own issues. Sure. And, it, and I got a little callous towards what they were telling me because in the back of my mind, I'm going— that's it, really. Right. That's, That's what your you're big dealing problem. with. I mean, yeah. And then you you just can't share all that stuff. So you you know you have we had a multi year stretch where we're trying to work things out behind the scenes, and at the same time, like you say, oh no, I got to come up with another thing this week right. to talk about and point people to Jesus. And all the while, I'm over here going, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And right. Chris says she went to the grocery store, but I don't know if she's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, though. You know, lots of times um, for John, when he, when he's talking about something, not to not to say that he's always seriously having problems with that issue, but you know, he's very very real in the things that he's talking about, and as he is, you know, teaching and 
learning and listening to God about those things, he he is dealing with those things. He right. is working through those things. And, you know, it's a it's a bit of a picture of that. And lots of times as he's working through a series um, and learning about and teaching different things, you know, those are conversations that we're having together or having in our um in our home or about dinner, you know, he was excited about this new word he learned last week. And, um, the Anoim. Yeah. So, you know, those are, those are things that he's working through and then being able to share. So by the time, lots of times he gets to that point on stage, um, hopefully he's coming to some resolution, you know, in that. And that's, that's some of the beauty of being able to be used by God. Right. And I think that's a, I think that's so important as leaders is that we do our best to be that person that is actually seeking Jesus as we lead. And I think a lot of leaders don't do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I've known lots of leaders over the years who I'm like, were you following Jesus? Like, I, I'm not sure. And when John says things, I really do believe that he has done the work within himself before he even usually brings it up to even our team. And I think that's that's a rare that's a rare thing that we're not up here shouting our opinions, but we're actually doing the work to seek Jesus on it and let the Holy Spirit move in us to move us towards something that then we want to go teach. And I really do believe he does that. So, yeah. Well, I know you've heard me say this before, but you know, I usually say he's, he's just a regular man who can't, you know, doesn't communicate or listen very well. So I know when he's on that stage, it's, it's stuff he's, he's giving from God. Right. Regular man. Regular guy. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, I have a question, and I'm curious about the answer on this one. But, you know, there's—I think you're always trying to find maybe, like, your place where you can leave your imprint, you know, on our church, do something you feel like you're called to do and that you're excited about. And you've served in a variety of ways over the years. You know, you've done student ministry, you've— Rock babies, you've sang on the team, you know. You're a great small group leader. Yeah, Wim's Bible study, do all that. But how would you say that you you leave your imprint on our church through me? Does that make sense? You you get more access to the lead pastor of our church than anyone. Yeah, <laughs> I can answer that. <laughs> uh-huh. You humble him. <laughs> you keep his feet on the ground. Yeah, there's balance there for sure. <laughs> hmm. I mean, does that make sense? Like, I mean, you you have access to me that nobody else does, and so when I'm bringing up an idea for the first time, if it if it wasn't to Allison, it's to you, and you know, you get first response, you get to shape my thinking. You. I often ask John, "What does Chris think?" Right. <laughs> when it's like something big, where mm-hmm. we, I think you have a lot right. of discernment. I'm all, I often say, right. "Hey, what did, what did Chris say?" I mean, we have a lot of big decisions we're thinking about right now, mm-hmm. and. I mean, you get to sit there on the couch. You did it last night for 30 yeah. minutes and say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Here's what I think. You know, a thousand people aren't coming in my office every week to have that time. Yeah, I think, uh, I guess a couple of things come to mind. One is a is a phrase I used to sometimes say to you um, when you would, you know, kind of be wrestling or, or going around about with something. I, I would just say to you, have you prayed about it? And I probably don't say that phrase a lot, but just kind of that same idea of um, 
you know, just kind of bringing you back to um, just point to God. And I think um, we just do that in different ways. I guess I, I think, um, you know, the last thing I said to you Sunday morning, we're sitting worshiping at church, you're getting ready to go up on stage. And, you know, what did I say to you? It's, it's, it's not about you, honey. Just remember that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then the other thing that, um, that came to mind was, uh, yeah, just, just, just reminding you, um, and just talking through, um, I can't remember what I was going to say. I definitely think that, because he'll come in some days where he'll be all fired up about something. He will go home and he will come back with a different perspective. And I will know that you have talked to him. <laughs> you have reined him in or you have, you have called him to like, think about it differently or think about the people involved and not just the issue involved. And he will come back with a different countenance than he left with because I know he has talked to you. Yeah. I think sometimes just, you get the big picture on a lot of things, but don't always think about the details. And I'm definitely a detail person. So just from that perspective, but as well, I think, I guess just thinking about a couple of some of the bigger things of last year that I think we all thought and resonated and wrestled with last year, just thinking about um, race, I guess, for instance, and just all of us, um, just taking a new, you know, fresh look at things and and um, being able to look at things from other perspectives, reading some things, listening, listening to people, and I guess just um, challenging you. And sometimes, even if I am not really antagonistic, just bringing up some some different opinions or. Um, I don't know. There was one day you were telling me what you thought about a scripture, and I just said, "Well, what if you're wrong?" <laughs> and John said, "I'm pretty sure I'm not." <laughs> and well, my friend who was with me was, was suddenly started defending you, and 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 I That's got right. onto her and I said, "No, no, no. I'm just like I just like to get him to think. What like, if? Yeah. <laughs> I like to say if you know, if you bring something up for your sermon, and I'm the person who either gives you a wonderful idea or I just kind of." ramble on and on until you come up with a wonderful idea yeah. you know so yeah i, I kind of have an interesting role i guess it's just i don't know i don't know how we kind of banter around about stuff it's it's a little difficult yeah. to explain well people who are listening and who are a part of our church and special shout out to our christ church family what's up yeah you should be praying for chris <laughs> and so for multiple you know, reasons yeah mostly I mean, that she lives with john <laughs> yeah just there's that you know but that you know if you ever you know, want to know what's on my mind or how I arrived at something, there's a good chance that Chris was involved in it. So you need to pray that she has that positive influence, consistently points me back to God, keeps me grounded, like Allison said. And uh, She cheers for you. And I think yeah. not every pastor has somebody at home rooting for them. I mean, I genuinely think she roots for you. And I, I think that matters so much for us as a church to have a healthy leader, your home has to be healthy. And I think you make him healthier and that, that benefits our entire church. And I, I think without that, it would be a very different, it would be a very different church for sure. I try. I don't know. How can, is there anything that our church can do to, how do you feel appreciated? How do you feel cared for? Like what can 
the, for the people who are listening who may not know you because you are a bit, a bit more introverted, what can our church do to serve you? Um, you know, we have just felt so welcomed here since we came. You know, I know, I know John has expressed before just that um, we just felt like this was our place from the very first time we came here. And um, we do. We just, we feel welcomed. I, I uh, in moving to a small town and everything, um, I haven't felt judged here. I haven't felt <laughs> expectations. Um, and I, I just have felt welcomed and have felt at home. Awesome. Um, and so that's just, that's very appreciated. Um, so I guess if it's out there, at least I haven't noticed it. Um, no, no, no. But mm-hmm. I, have been, I have been places before, you know, where I have felt like there were certain um, expectations. So um, so I just, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate the the, the care that I see um, that's been given to us. Um, Good. Because that, yeah, that's, it's appreciated. Mm-hmm. All right. Just for fun. Last movie that you watched? I don't remember the name of it. You oh, watched, you watched watch it, it with me, yes. Oh. <laughs> and neither of you remember? It's the, I uh, have questions. It was, the, <laughs> it was oh, actually about an MMA it, fighter. Yeah, it was about... Um, <laughs> Something of a champion. champion? Born a champion, Born I a think. champion. Yeah. Born what are you guys watching champion. on Netflix right now? We're not. I'm, I'm, really? I'm, watching, yeah. I'm watching The Crown. Oh, yeah. I started that. Yeah. We were watching uh, Scientology together. Mm. A little bit. That's fascinating. Yeah. And yeah. then it's I like, like it. I, I can't take anymore. John I, I'm tapped out yeah. on He's, it's um, the same thing yeah. over and over. We're getting ready to watch season three of Cobra Kai. Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. It's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's really good. Yep. Who's your favorite child? Just kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs> I asked John that one time too. <laughs> well, the, it, yeah, I know what they would say. <laughs> I, I'm not even going there. Yeah. As you should. <laughs> They're all equal. Any thoughts about the future? Thoughts about the future. What do you, where do you see us? Where do you see yourself? Oh, I can't go plans there either. Like if you won the lottery. If I won the lottery. I know what you would do yes. first. So my my wish is to win the lottery and to buy an entire island of or, or country of compassion children. Oh. Yes, this is my dream. Do you have a country in mind? Um, no. Any of them? Any of them? Well, yeah, I just, yeah, it, it might have to be a small it, one. Yeah. yeah, sponsor like a whole country. <laughs> Sorry, not buy the island. Buy the island. Sponsor, buy a, the whole, sponsor yeah. a whole country of compassion children. So it might have to be a small one. But that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my dream. I like that. Final well, thoughts? Of, of course Anything she would you come up with that. She's so kind. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> my, I one. thought we were moving to the beach and doing beach, <laughs> beach, doing beach church, you know, like that's the retirement plan. Retirement? What is that? Yeah. Final thoughts, anything else you want people to know about you or me, what you do, pastor's wives in general? Yeah. You hate to be referred to as the first lady. The first lady. Oh, don't say that. No, 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 don't say that. You have to cut that out. Um, no, I just, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no thoughts. I'm, I'm a boring person. That's not true. <laughs> You're a bit of a nerd, but in the most am, endearing yes. way. Uh-huh. I am. I'm a, I'm You're a Star Wars fan and a... Star Wars fan, avid reader. Yeah. Board game player. Yeah. The girl likes her board games. I she do. does, yep. I've I learned like, lots I of like, games from you. I like games. Book you're currently reading? Book I'm currently reading. Um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Nice. Don Mark Very Comer. good. Music you like to listen to? I like all kinds of music. Mm. What's your favorite video game? Um, 
know. Wait, you got a switch for Christmas. Have you used it? I did. We got one too. It's yes, so much fun. I know. Cass, we need to Cassidy make friends. And I it's both got a fun. switch for Christmas. I use it sometimes too. <laughs> well, thanks to my wife, Chris, coming on to the podcast today, sharing about what it's like to do ministry as a pastor's wife, be married to me, be a part of our church. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Great conversation. Allison, take us out. Yep. If you liked anything that you heard or anything was encouraging, we would love for you to share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. But as always, thanks so much for being a part of the Wild Goose Chase with us. Thank you. Till next time.